With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, you miserable bastards, and welcome to the Misery Hunters podcast, the most insightful Sitman podcast in the world, I would have to say. <laughs> Joining me today is Craig Devine. What's happening? And Ross Davidson. Good evening. Good evening. Even though it was only a week since uh, our last podcast, a lot has happened, but I think the first thing we will talk about, we won on opening day. Yes. Excellent. A very convincing performance defensively at least. Um, quite nice to see our defenders gelling so quickly, especially with Marcus Fraser just in the door and um, keeping London Dykes quiet. Yeah, I thought that uh, the two centre-backs especially looked as if they'd been playing with each other for five, six, seven years. They were, they were excellent together. Aye. Um, well, aye, the streams... Um, <laughs> The stream issues, Craig, has seen bits and pieces, but I thought it looked really, really assured, really good, um, specifically centre-backs, as I said. You need to mention the goalkeepers, I've been kind of slating them in the last pod, but they looked excellent, really comfortable coming for crosses, and even that wee save, the wee tip onto the post for simple shot, it yeah. was excellent. Uh, the full back line was good. Fraser never really done much, but he was just kind of steady in, he wasn't he, never really... Mm-hmm. Gave Forrest a sniff other than one wee chance he had, but no, all in all, a good performance, I thought. I would agree. I think, uh, from what I saw anyway, Shaughnessy, he dealt with everything that came his way. He was absolutely colossal. Um, mm-hmm. Zero complaints about that. I didn't think that the game itself was the best, but uh, no. take it. I think it's what you could expect from a first game of the season where, I mean, even though we missed the game. Like a pre-season match, Livingston, like none of us really had that many game match mm. practice beforehand. No fans. I kind of it's like a whole new thing for players to deal with. And I think compared to some of the other matches I've watched, like down south, and that it wasn't too bad. We played 
relatively well. We controlled the match. Um, attacking, yeah, there's bits here and there that still need to be improved, but we knew that anyway. Um, we're still expecting possibly another one player, maybe two coming in the door um, shortly, probably after the Rangers game by the looks of things. And uh, yeah, like uh, I think Livingston's best player or the one that only one that kind of looked like he was only going to do something was Alan Forrest. Um, didn't play the whole match. Um, but other than that, Livingston were quite poor. But I think they tried a new formation out and it was a bit strange. Like Ambrose as a right wing back was rather odd. Yeah, I thought it was strange. I thought, um, looking at the two teams, I think you could tell that Livingston had less... Uh, Probably had similar amount of preseason preparation, but I thought Livingston looked more rusty than we did. Mm-hmm. It was like, can I give my two halves? I thought we were poor in the second half for all the kind of praise I was saying that we played well in the first. I thought but we left a week a bit isolated in the second half, but we, we definitely came off uh, out of the game rather uh, better than, than Livingston. I thought they looked really rusty. That formation, as you said, never helped them. Um, but all in all, uh, a victory in the first game of the season in strange circumstances against a good team uh, and Livingston can't really complain so um, I need to give a special mention to McGrath I thought he was excellent mm-hmm. really good to see him he almost had a free role to just kind of go between the lines between the midfield and up front that ball and for Tate's goal was tremendous I mean outstanding yep. and that seems like the sort of player that Goodwin was raving about when we signed him. You know, he's so highly rated, and you can see why if he puts in regular performances like that. I thought he was excellent. I thought he was really, really good. Yeah, we kind of got a small glimpse of that towards the end of last season, especially against the Hearts game. I think it was probably his best game. Um, and uh, you, it was just a shame that the season ended when it did because it looked like he was going to like kick on. And um, it's just good to see that he's managed to to keep that going over the the break and start off really well and strong and kind of show the fans what he has to offer because I think quite a lot of people were kind of getting on his back a little bit but um, it's good to see um, a number a player that we have as number 10 actually performing quite well because we're used to like Andrew uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think we mentioned it on a previous podcast that he's he was almost wasted playing out kind of wide right mm-hmm. um, as a kind of attacking three behind Obika if he moved in one as a 10 which he has done now we reckoned that we would see more of him, and, and that's uh, that's true. Basically, uh, when he's been moved inside one, he's he's had more good games than bad, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that number ten position is his to lose. I know the Thor's in there, and they looked pretty tidy when he came on. But if he keeps playing the way he does, all right, it's one game. But off the back of performances from last season as well, I think we've got a good player on their hands. Yeah. And um, from what I could see of the goal at the time, our stream kind of went down at that point and we watched the goal on the phone. Um, <laughs> uh, two questions I had raised were, what's Tate doing so far up? And what's our number 10 doing so far back? Because the ball, we're in attacking position and the ball goes loose towards the half. And you see McGrath just coming into the picture to loop it in. And I was like, why is he so far back? And then I've got no complaints. It went in. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Aye, absolutely. <laughs> um, other players, um, I think, played quite well. As you mentioned, the keeper 
Um, it's good to see a keeper that's strong on set pieces. That's always been a worry for ourselves. Usually we can get like a, a keeper that's um, a good shot stopper, but can be a bit iffy around set pieces, and that's where we've leaked most of our goals. Um, we kind of had that all-round keeper that was we were really confident with in Ladke, so it's quite nice to see us replace someone who, yeah, we don't know if his quality's up there with um, Ladke, but as an all-round pretty decent keeper that will help us against defend against set pieces. Yeah, I thought... Um... Oh, I was kind of bashing him a bit in the last podcast and uh, that's why I kind of singled him out in this one for a bit of praise because uh, he's really assured coming for crosses. Sometimes, as you say, for goalkeepers over the years, your heart's in your mouth when anything gets fired into the box or whatever. But all right, it's one game, but it's a decent addition that of a goalkeeper that looks brave, comes out. I mean, you've got guys like Dykes, Ambrose in, in the box and he's getting right above both of them to to take the ball with two hands and keep it safe. So, aye, good. Good first performance anyway from the goalkeeper. It's good that we can rely on him and the whole back four. It's a good back five we've got based off the back of one game, obviously, but um, long may it continue. Yes. The new test is probably coming up for these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Junior Marias, he's miss or hit in the post. What is your opinion on that? <laughs> So, see, at first I thought that Junior came on and he actually done pretty well. He was holding the ball up quite well. He was making the runs, kind of channels and that. And then I completely changed my opinion when he missed that. You're shite, Junior. Get the fuck. <laughs> my opinion just flipped in the space of a second. It looked as if he had an extra second to take a touch and he just he didn't. Even, I don't know what he was doing, if he was trying to place it. Or the, it was an awful miss. It was awful. I, uh, you can't excuse it. I mean, it's a, a terrible miss. I don't know if he's hit it with too much power or you hear people say he connected almost too well with it. Here's commentators say that all the time, but I, you can't even excuse that. It, connect with it perfectly or badly, that should be going in the back of the net. It should be 2 0. Game yeah. done and dusted. And I, th- I thought it was okay when he came on, but he put us under pressure a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. He misplaced passes at the top end of the park that caused a few counter-attacks which could have been problematic but uh, I don't think he had a good afternoon to be honest that was a horrible miss Yeah we kind of saw that last season um, creep into his game a bit where um, misplaced passes really affected our game especially it was at the Hibs game where um, it was his fault for the equaliser Um, seems to not have got rid of that issue I defended him at the time when I first saw it Uh, I think maybe he thought he had more time or less time than he, he actually had. Uh, the ball was coming down. Uh, he connected really well with it to keep it down, got the power behind it and hitting the post. I just thought, oh, that's completely unfortunate. Now that I've seen several replays of it, yeah, he probably should have scored that. That Yeah, I, like that's really hard to defend. And I think I just defend them because I think the people, like some people I was watching it with were like, he's shite. Yeah. And I was like, no, yeah. hold on. Well, um, I mean, I'm, I'm not wanting to pick him. And now that Callum Waters is over here, I don't want to pick another kind of... <laughs> hey, that's my job. Uh, another <laughs> guy for grief in the squad this season. But I mean, he's connected with it really well and he struck it well and whatever. But instinctively as a striker, you need to finish them as a, a striker. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's landing at Foley or whatever, then give him a bit of leeway or whatever. But as a striker, you should be putting him away constantly. I mean, that's not a difficult chance, really. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, 
really poor miss. Can I just say that Callum Waters, see to the boy that put out that uh, fake BBC sport gossip thing about us. Fair play, because I'm so fucking... Six figures. Yeah. Can he sleep? Fucking Waters. I'm human when I read that. You know for a fact when we play Kilmarnock you'll have the best game in his life? Oh, of course he's been uh, for a hat-trick. I, I watched the, um, the highlights of Hibs Killy. I was just about to come on to this as well. I thought he was uh, Boyle especially gave him a torrid time. Especially for yeah. Boyle's second goal. I mean, second that's goal. Been, I was like been, it came down his side and he's he, he, been complaining about all last season. Yep. Just showed you prime example of why we were so frustrated you know. Literally, when I watched it, I was like, oh, there's Waters. And it's almost like he got shorter or smaller when he tried to block the, the, the ball. So the shot came in. Like, you should, Boyle should not be shooting from that position. Um, and he went to turn to try and block it. But he, like, turned and shrunk into, like, a wee ball. And it was ne- he was never stopping it. And, just, um, yeah. The nightmare, funny. I think, we spent 100 grand on him. was just <laughs> genius. Whoever came up with that is just super well done because... I was fuming for about three days. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was Gus McPherson and that's why he's out the door. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Uh, moving on to Gus McPherson. He's gone. We mentioned it in the last podcast and it happened. Yeah. It's getting Man. scary now. But, I know, um, predicting of... all sorts, yeah. What's, but, our... uh, what's that? What's our next prediction? Uh, well, I'm um, going to beat Rangers 1-0. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get on to that in a minute. We'll talk more about Gus McPherson leaving. Um, I think everybody's well aware that I am not Gus McPherson. Well, I, I really don't like him. Um, I hope you're not Gus McPherson. No. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 um, he's not my biggest fan. And I'm, yeah. Or I'm not his biggest fan even. <laughs> I don't know if he's a fan of me probably not if he remembers me from when I was like 15, 16 then definitely not but um, <laughs> I am um, I'll mirror that I mean I'm not his biggest fan I think anybody that knows me or reads my Twitter or knew me around about the time when he was a manager I just was not a big fan of him a similar manager or same as you Jamie I've met him a few times on a personal level I'm no I just don't like the block so mm-hmm. you're not going to get a a level-headed response from me with regard to him leaving. I thought he shouldn't have come back in the first place. Yeah. To be honest, um, he was just Gordon Scott's mate. No other reason for him coming back than that. Uh, I just, I, I mean, if on whatever he is on a year, that could be saved and, as you said, uh, put to better use on the park. Mm-hmm. But as far as McPherson goes, it's just... And he's a biggest fan, so no loss for me, to be honest. Yeah, I understand why we went for like a technical director, director of football, or whatever you want to call it, at the time because of how disastrous Stubbs' recruitment was. Um, cost the club a lot of money, probably to bring these players in, and cost them probably even more to get them out the door. Um, and I think he brought in a new kind of way to look at scouting, um, and um aware that Scout is used heavily within the club now and I'm not sure, well I didn't really hear of it before McPherson came in I know a lot of clubs now use it because um, of how handy a tool it can be but like when we talked about recruitment I don't think it was ever mentioned and it's been mentioned quite a few times now so I think he may have brought in that idea, especially like you can, when he 
first came in, the signings under Kearney kind of screamed a little bit. McPherson with like Anton Ferdinand and Adam Hamill, they kind of seemed a little bit like McPherson style players. Mm-hmm. Um, even like the foreign boys like Popescu, um, Corbu and uh, Matthew Muzek, players like that kind of had a wee bit of a McPherson Nazon. vibe to them. Uh, hey, uh, Duckins Nazon. Um, <laughs> I'm not giving him credit for Vaclav Fladke as many people have because I am 100% certain I cannot remember where I got this information from that it was Jamie Langfield that discovered him. Black and White Army? No, it was not. I don't go on Black and White Army. So it's definitely <laughs> not there. Um, I'm pretty sure they all love McPherson now. Um, but like, I, I'm pretty sure, I think the culture McPherson may have brought in was that sort of background staff with coaches and other scouts took a little bit more responsibility within themselves of looking at players and it would make sense for a goalkeeping coach to have a wee look for goalkeepers and um, I, I remember I think it was I think it was actually him on Twitter saying about this boy we found really good and someone asked did you scout him and he said yes and I think that's where I've got it from um, so big up Jamie Langfield for finding us that gem and fuck that's I just think like he was obviously brought in with the tagline that um, we're never going to be left in the lurch again in terms yeah. of recruitment things like that. But with the disaster we had prior to that, I, I don't think we would have been left mm-hmm. in the lurch anyway. I mean, our recruitment would have improved naturally without McPherson. You mm-hmm. know, like we wouldn't have been that shockingly poor again in terms of summer recruitment or January recruitment. So the fact that he's come in round about that time, even if he didn't come in, I, th- I think that would have still been better suited with bringing better players up. Yeah. It doesn't help when you have to constantly pay off players' contracts, but yeah. no, I tend to agree with you guys. I'm not going to get as much as the, the kind of personal, I don't want to say personal connection, the personal disconnection with Gus McFerrison. Yeah. I've not really met the guy that much. Um, I understand why some St. Martin fans are really kind of like big, like talk him up quite a lot. Um he did a lot for us, he stabilised us, he, he kept us up for year after year, but I also hate him for the fact that the football was fucking targeted mm-hmm. for years. And it, the, the way he kind of treated fans at the time was just such a kind of distaste. Was I, I wasn't sad to see the back of him the first time around, and I, I, don't really, I don't really get the kind of outpouring of grief for some quarters this time around that he's left. Right, that's it's a man's mad. livelihood. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you, like you've said, Jamie, I mean... If if that money is going to go towards a player's wage that's going to score goals for us or whatever, then I it'd be much better mm-hmm. going that way. Well, yeah. If if you if we're using Y Scout and stuff, a Y Scout subscription is cheaper than a technical director that's on like fifty odd grand a year. You know, he's not going to like that as a player's wages um, for us, mm-hmm. and it makes sense, especially with uh, Jim Goodwin in the Q and A said that he was in charge of the transfers and that was an agreement he had with the board when he came in he wanted to be the man in charge of the transfers I think we could see that as the case um, he brought Calm Waters in he had him at Aloha uh, I, I won't say too much about that one yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe Goodwin's the problem and no oh, well. <laughs> he brought he brought in McCarthy and McGrath from Ireland he's saying that he's going to maybe look at that well again um, come this January because uh, he says there's like some amount of talent in there that's that we can take advantage of, and um, of course Goodwin can now say, look, we've gave a a platform for players like McGrath and um, um, 
the other one. <laughs> McCarthy. <laughs> yes, McCarthy. I can't believe I, I can't believe I forgot the Kyle, best one. Kyle uh, McKenzie, yeah. Kyle McKenzie, yeah. Uh, Connor McCarthy, yeah. Um, he like we've given these players a platform, and we might have an advantage of signing players from Ireland. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure a few other clubs will eventually look over there as well if they see the player our players becoming a bit of a success. So, um, also, and players, I would disagree. Well, <laughs> and. Like our our backline, you just need to look at our backline and know that that is a Jim Goodwin team. He's brought in a bunch of bruisers that will that will do as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, going going back to what Craig says, and uh, I, I'm not going to take in away from us what he achieved mm-hmm. as a manager for us. I mean, he, I mean, four 0 against Celtic will never uh, probably be repeated ever again. But then nine men against Rangers will never be forgotten either. Yeah, but like uh, he won, he won his league in the Challenge Cup. Um, he made his entertaining to watch again for a while in the first division, but just gradually towards the end of his tenure, it, it really was a total disconnect between him and the fans and some of the stuff he said. And so, I mean, you read some of the things that he, he he done with the young lads and guys getting let go and things. I mean, I just I really took a dislike to the way that was all handled and managed and some of the words when he left St Martin and things like that. So just to have him back in the first place, I just, I don't think, it should have been a clean cut and then never to be seen again. And mm-hmm. according to bring in his old pal, I think it was a poor touch, to be honest. But aside for that, we move on now, don't we? So it's, it's not the end of the world. Goodwin, mm-hmm. as you say, his recruitment, he's had more hits than misses. So I don't really think there's a need for McPherson to do what he's been doing. Definitely. And um, even with, like, the thing I, I think what is good with Goodwin as well, he's not going to hold, uh, he's not going to let players try and hold us ransom, which um, I'll get onto in a wee second. But um, the thing with Alex Yakubiak, very reminiscent of Mihai Popescu. So the story I've got from inside the club about Mihai Popescu was that we had a deal to sign him and his agent went away and... I don't know if I'm actually allowed to say this, but I will. There <laughs> are slandered, slandered enough people on this. You can say what you want, man. Uh, um, Popescu went away, came, um, or and his agent came back and tried to change the original agreement for a lot more money, which Goodwin just went, no, no having it. Um, basically, withdrew the contract offer. Uh, that then, after a couple of, like a month or so, um, Sorry, two seconds. After a month or so, uh, he came yeah, back trying to. Yeah, no, my, my watch just started vibrating. I was, <laughs> I was having a stroke. No, I saw that McPherson talk. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, he went out. Uh, he tried to come back and go for the original agreement again, in which Goodwin just said, No, like you, you've tried to already change it. You're not coming back. Um, and that's probably why we'll never see Popescu come back again. And I think probably something similar has happened with Yakubiak. A deal to try and bring him back. He's asked for a lot more money. Oh, where did Ross go? He's dropped off. Is this our first uh, technical difficulty? Technical hitch. I can end the, the pandemic era. Keep, keep going, that was juicy. I forgot where I was. Uh, the best news <laughs> agent is a greedy bastard. Yeah, Popescu's agent's a greedy bastard. Uh, probably ruined the move for him. And, um, oh, he's back. <laughs> Hello, Ross. 
what happened there? I don't know. First te- technical difficulty since recording these remotely. Um, hopefully Apologies. that won't be ending soon. But um, well, Apologies. Um, but I think very similar things happened with Kubiak. They've asked for too much money. Goodwin said no. Dundee's either, he's either tried to take, he's had to take less money at Dundee or Dundee are throwing silly money about. Um, wouldn't surprise me if Dundee were throwing silly money about. Maybe it was the the hush money for Celtic. Who knows? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's better players out there than Yukubiak, and I think the words good one used was we could get three or four players in for the wages that um, Yukubiak was on at Watford. So, like, he's not. He wasn't a superstar that everybody was kind of making him out to be on Twitter. Where like this was. A sudden loss. Yeah, he got helped get the best form out of Obika. Um, Is that going to happen anyway? Was that's it true. We don't like, want a game when he warmed up. And yeah, we don't know if that's mm. the case. Um, he had a pretty solid game against Livingston. Um, I do think Obika does get isolated when he's up himself quite a bit. So I think we'll go away. We'll get another striker. I don't think we'll be talking about this come a month or so's time no. when we're getting the best out of Abika again with someone else next to him. Hopefully, maybe Chabby. I don't know where that rumour happened, where it went. If he's going to come back, I don't know. Yeah, Chabby's Instagram, sorry. So when you look at like Chabby's Instagram, though, and he's just posting up pictures on boats with blue skies in the background, why the fuck do you want to come back? No, I really don't think we'll regret not signing Yukubiak and being held to ransom. I like the fact we've got a manager that's not going to let anyone take the piss out of us. Um, mm-hmm. I think when you look at the fact that Yukubiak, despite how good he was for us, he scored one goal the whole time he was here yeah. in what, 10, 12 appearances. You, you need a foil for Abika to play off him and to kind of help out there, but you need a foil that's still going to chip in with a few goals. No, no one in 10. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you guys. I mean, I love the fact that Goodwin... Didn't, didn't get bullied on the park and doesn't seem to be getting bullied off the park in terms of signing players and their high demands and I would I wouldn't want us to sign Yakubiak if it was three times wages for a player that uh, we could get three players for his wage rather but um, I'm kind of disappointed we didn't get him in the same breath that I thought he was really good up front alongside Abika there's no reason uh, there's no getting away from the fact that Abika was better once Yakubiak came in the door playing as a second striker, he done his kind of running for him and um, alright, he didn't score or assist but there's kind of more to that than maybe dragging guys away for a beaker and things like that and giving them a chance to finish the chances that he did, score the goals that he did. So I was a big fan of Yukubiak, uh, tweeted as such but again with you guys, we'll recruit similar if not better for a wage that Goodwin thinks that is acceptable to pay for a striker of that quality. I mean, I'm not, I don't know what Dundee are doing or what they're throwing at him. I mean, they've signed Mullen, who is roundabout kind of similar mm-hmm. to Yakubiak. I don't think they could play up front together, so I don't know what they're playing at. But if he get if he's getting the wage out of Dundee that he initially asked us for, then that causes Dundee more problems than. Than anything, and I'm glad we didn't shell it out because it can be far more used across the board <laughs> rather than just slinging it. As Craig says, text striker that's scored one goal in, in 10 games, you know. I mean, we had a 15 goal a season striker in Danny Mother, we should have kept him. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> is, is the hot take of the week? 
<laughs> I mean, the amount of tweets I've read, I will score a bar load for Dundee. It's a great sign. And 10, 15, 20 goals a season, he'll fire them to the league. I mean, where's the, where's the, how do you judge that? Where's the proof on that? I mean, I know, it's, it's, it's like 15 people, goals in his whole Simon career. Uh, and he played for us in the championship. Uh, it's not like he he wasn't there. It's, it's people have short memories. I don't, I don't he know. scored his highest return rate was thirteen, I think fourteen maybe for Livingston in League One. Right. That's so, uh, and his whole career. That's it. So there's no there's no barometer. There's no. How can you judge the fact that all right the wee guy ran around a lot and scored some important goals and, and looked busy, but if he was a fifteen goal a season top end championship striker. Do you not think we would have kept him around? Yeah. I I think people are maybe just panicking a wee bit because right. we've not really made any kind of moves in that department yet at all. I know. I mean, nice well, guy, good servant, but that doesn't make you a freaking world-beating striker, you know? I don't get people sometimes. I think people are more worried because there's not many rumours about, but I'm kind of happy with that. Like, there wasn't any rumours about... Um, Marcus Fraser. Names are going right out of my head. I've been at work all day. That's my <laughs> uh, Ma- Marcus Fraser. Um, there was no rumours about him until like an hour before he signed. So I, I, I suspect maybe something similar to that. Um, yeah, the rumours about Chabby are floating about, but we don't know where that's came from. If that's not just someone being hopeful, who knows? Um, going on about uh, going back to about Dundee and how they've got this money for Yukubiak if they are given the money that he was asking Simon for um, Kane Hemmings left um, I'm not saying that we should sign him um, he was apparently on some really big money at Dundee so that's clearly freed up quite a bit I also find it funny <laughs> that Kane Hemmings told uh, Dundee that he wanted to leave Dundee for personal reasons while on holiday in Ibiza <laughs> <laughs> He's just been on a bend. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he's been, you know what? Fuck this, I'm not going back to Dundee. <laughs> I think he's like been sit, <laughs> sit, sitting in somebody's veranda. Now he's not somewhere in Ibiza going, <laughs> fucking no, go back to Dundee. I'll text him right now. And his mates have just went, shy bag if you don't. <laughs> it would be the, the ultimate shit house move if we didn't sign you could be at because he was asking for four grand a week and instead signed Hemmings on four grand a week. Oh, that would be brilliant. <laughs> Who then the Dundee fans will tweet, God, oh, he'll get you 15, 20 goals a season, man. he probably would. Uh, no, I would t- honestly would take him. I think he's going down south, obviously, but yeah, yeah, I kind of tweeted saying I wouldn't take him, but he's kind of temp- temperament's kind of questioned, his attitude's questionable, but on pure ability, then he's, he's a good striker there. Yeah, he's a good striker who, who does know where the goals are and. Uh, if you've got, if you're getting the best out of him, he will score. Uh, I have no doubt if if we did manage to get a deal for him, um, that Goodwin would sort him out. I can't imagine we'd have too many problems with like egos or um, problem players like with Jim Goodwin in charge. I have total faith that he'd be able to sort something like that out. Um, however, I do think he'd probably be down south for a bigger club than us. I can't imagine him. Um, coming to us however we did say the exact same things about Marcus Fraser so. yeah I think he's maybe going to Burton Albion or something like that but just going back to what you said about no rumours and things I mean Obika there was no word about him yeah when we signed him I mean some of the best but Ladke Popescu some of the guys we've never heard of I didn't even read of have come in and played really well so sometimes no rumours no news is good news as they say mm-hmm. 
no rumours are good as well also so I have full yeah. trust in Goodwin that he's going to pull something at the bag Probably worth remembering so this might be completely factually incorrect but have we not got until October for the window yeah. open anyway so something's going to come up at some point I'm completely comfortable if we we go the first few games of the season with limited options up front as long as the right person comes in eventually and I totally trust Jim to, to do that Yeah I totally agree and our first four games of the season, two of them are against the old firm. So, I mean, realistically, whoever you sign up front, are they really going to get a sniff at a game no. for that anyway? So, as Craig says, I mean, you can take your time and get the right guy rather than just try to grab a striker that's available because you think you need one. I generally think um, any striker that we do bring in or any player towards that we that will bring in um, in the next coming weeks or month or whatever, Will probably be a loan deal. Um, we're allowed to bring in some more loan players than uh, we were in the previous season. Uh, that gives like like English clubs. When did the English league start back up again? Are they coming back in October or September time? I think September time. That yeah. gives like the English clubs um, time to evaluate their squads, who they want, who who they want to send out for development. We might be able to pick up a, a gem there. Uh, we seem to have a link with Norwich. Maybe we'll get something out of that. Uh, Rangers have just signed two brand new strikers um, and Kamar Roof and that Illet, is it Illet or whatever um, which team. means Greg Stewart might be a possibility of going out the door um, possible loan deal um, Celtic are signing um, well they appear to be signing um, going for Ivan Tony, Stephen Fletcher and uh, Lyle Taylor so um, <laughs> Surely you'd be looking at the Celtic strikers. Like I know we're being linked with Bio, but it looks like he's going to France. And I mean, you would choose to lose over Paisley any day. Um, now, Viennese is a strange <laughs> pull. <for a> lot. <laughs> you can't discount Viennese. Is, is, is that part of the club tour for when you're taking uh, players round about? Here's the training ground. Uh, that's what Goodwin done when he signed Dobika. I have that in good information that he got him a, <laughs> a, pa- a couple of passes for. Uh, Vienna's and got him up oh. the top floor and got him a couple of bottles of Gregus <laughs> and that was it, signed signed um, <laughs> and the Barry Lovetti lounge up the top <laughs> so I think I think Celtic will be sending a few players out on loan maybe it's more of an ambitious loan deal for Lee Griffiths, I know Neil Lennon still says he has plans for him but if you're if, if they don't get rid of Edward well, I imagine an English club might move in for Edward especially with how well he started the season Um I didn't have him in my fucking fantasy team. Ah, well, that was sad. Uh, I don't <laughs> triple captain. It was raging. <laughs> if you've got like Lyle Taylor, Stephen Fletcher, and possibly Ivan Tony, you'd imagine Ivan Tony would be like the main man up front, um, and then Lyle Taylor or Stephen Fletcher would probably have that sort of Griffiths role. Kind of leaves you questioned what's actually happening with him. I can't imagine we would if, if if he was available for loan. I can't imagine we would get him. I'm pretty sure that would be a hib, like he would go to Hibs. I'm sure. Sound the, sound the Clarkson. Yeah. So, and I don't. I, and I don't even think that would be Jack. I don't even think that would be Jack Ross's fault. It's just his links with Hibs anyway. I think but, Hibernian's just a stick on for Griffiths if he's going anywhere. Yeah, because they're not spending any money. They finally get rid of Cam Benny. They will be looking for a striker. Yeah, I don't. I think he's about a homebird as well. Uh, Griffiths, judging by a few. Podcasts I've listened to and stuff he doesn't like, kind of 
Loving away from home. So sure, he'll going. absolutely love the fact that he can have a few drinks at Derek Reardon's bar, <laughs> where they can sing songs about Stendhal being a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think there's any danger him going sit down south. So if he's going anywhere that's up here somewhere, then I think it'd be mental if Hibs didn't ask the question, and equally as mental if he didn't go to Hibs. Mm-hmm. He's a perfect fit for him. He plays his best football, probably. Mm-hmm. Arguably, maybe outside a season with Celtic with Hibs. So. I think they can cross that one off. But again, as I keep saying, it's worth the question. You can only get yeah. told no. So. Exactly. I mean, if we're, if we're in talks with Bio and we've managed to offer a deal that Celtic were happy with with Bio, can't see why we couldn't do the same with Griffiths. Um, well, exactly. Who knows? I much prefer Stuart or uh, that yeah. Rangers for what it's worth over yeah. Bio. Yeah. I'd love to say Stuart over somebody like, uh, I've seen the, the links with Mitch Rose during the week yeah so I actually forgot about that until you mentioned that I'm taking it if we're looking at a centre mid that would probably mean that maybe some there's somebody either going out possibly like what's happened with Nathan Sheridan because um, from the Q&A it sounded like Foley was not going to start the match he was going to be on the bench uh, Nathan Sheridan was not on the bench or starting 11 or even mentioned anywhere and we've started Foley and he's played the whole 90 minutes so does that mean that Nathan Sheridan's picked up an injury or we're sending him back to Fleetwood maybe Fleetwood brought him back there's something going on there um, so if we're linked with Mitch Rose again I guess we're bringing in another midfielder to cover yeah uh, strange one I mean you can name nine subs now and Sheridan wasn't one of them so it's an, either an injury or a fallout or something mm-hmm. Um or a recall from Fleetwood or or whatever, but maybe, as you say, somebody going out, maybe Erehon's maybe getting a loan deal somewhere, mm-hmm. getting him game time or whatever, but I find that a bit odd that we're going back in for Rose after he knocked his back, you know? Yeah, for family reasons, they stayed down in England, so maybe getting rid of McPherson's allowed us to offer maybe a wee bit more money on that deal. Yeah. Um, a few, ex- few extra zeros and then family problems don't become... An issue anymore, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a straight, I can't tell you that I know a lot about him. He looks like he's built. I'm sure he's um, a tough player. That's why Goodwin probably likes him. Um, another player that's been released and said that he was open to move back to Scotland was Lewis McLeod. Another player we, we kind of talked about in the group chat. Happily would take. Mm-hmm. Whether he'd be interested, who knows? As you said, Ross, ask the question. Let's find out. Ask the question, get the answer exactly. I mean, he was high, very highly rated his time at Rangers. Kind of trouble with injuries over the last few years at Brentford, and then he moved on to, I think it was Wigan he was last at and then released. Mm-hmm. But um, again, I mean, somebody you probably can't turn your nose up at, somebody that kind of calibre. So, And if we're in the market for a central midfielder, then, as I said, as you mentioned, ask the question, see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then I look on to the game coming this weekend against Rangers. The big question is, do you pay a tenner for Rangers TV or do we listen to boom, boom, Mark Yardley doing the comms on Sitmarn Radio whatever? Neither you get a dodgy stream. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'll be watching it on a legal stream like any normal person would do. (laughs) With it muted. Listening to Mark Yardley. Yeah, oh, of course. The dulcet tones of Mark Yardley. How can you miss that? The thing is, as well, like, the guy in my work who's an Angels fan was boasting about Clive Tilsley. So, so that's a big move, though. And I'm like, 
Is it though? Like, are we going to have to? He, he just gets sacked by ITV. This is close some easy money coming in. I can't imagine Rangers paying him that much. And how long before he mentions 1966 within <laughs> in the match? How will he shoehorn it in? I wonder to go with Clive Tills League's commentary. The Rangers team will line up for God Save the Queen at the start. <laughs> just to get Tilsley feeling at home, you know. He's going to hit out way if you if you uh, if you rearrange the numbers in sixteen ninety, it's almost nineteen sixty six. So it's just like sixteen ninety is a good year for this club. What other uh, years? Sixty six. <laughs> no, no, I think um, I think he sidekicks. Alex Ray on Saturday as well. So. That's, uh, that's it, it's settled then. It's Mark Yardley all the way. It's Mark Yardley all the way, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, man. Um, so we've got the commentary part sorted. Um, predictions. This is, I think this is going to be a, a big test for our defence, as it always would be. Uh, if Rangers hadn't signed any strikers, I'd maybe feel a little bit... Uh, positive about this match um, they've lined up against Bayer Leverkusen who are on while we're recording and um, looks like they've played more or less a first team Hadji's on the bench but Morelos is on uh, Ross you said he looks overweight and unfit he didn't look that great against um, Aberdeen he was constantly coming deep for the ball um, and I was probably a bit more confident if it was him that was starting but we kind of know of Kamar Roof um, He's a goal scorer. He scored, what, 14 goals for Leeds. Leeds had to sell him to, to match the uh, financial fair play. Uh, I think he's going to be absolutely dangerous in this uh, this league. He's going to score an absolute barrel load, and I think he's going to kick off his career very well against us, unfortunately. Yeah, I think just on the back of the Leverkusen game, it's just finished to get beat 1-0. Get a bit of a run around, actually, which could be a positive for us. It's a full 11, and all uh, oh, right, it was 1-0. It was a bit of a pace in they got in terms of uh, chasing the Leverkusen players around for 90 minutes so they could come off the back of this quite tired um, I kind of echo what you say about Roof I think I'm really kind of worried about him I think he's an excellent signing for for Rangers and the other guy albeit I've only seen him on YouTube compilation <laughs> which we've mentioned which makes anybody look good But What was the dance music like? Was it peak? Uh, it might have been early early um, scooter oh. <laughs> It must be good yeah, that is a talent right there. <laughs> but um, yeah, he looks another kind of good signing. Um, Morelos does look overweight, unfit, uninterested actually tonight. And against Aberdeen, he didn't look too great. Wouldn't be surprised if he gets dropped. Um, it will be a tough match. It always has a tough match at Ibrox, no matter the circumstance. Uh, I think we'll be up against it. The only saving grace is I think that yeah, they could be tired after tonight. Um, sometimes when we or any team goes to Ibrox and stifles a Rangers team the fans get on their back it makes it difficult for them and that's when you can kind of sneak a goal or two when the, the players are, are not feeling it but with no fans being there I think we're totally up against it now and uh, we'll be lucky to come away with anything I think yeah, well, I, I don't know if, if I think the opposite that if the fans not being there might actually play in our favour and it'll be Having that amount of pressure, um, I tend to. I want to be a wee bit more optimistic about this. I know that Goodwin spoke in the the Q and A about how we we shouldn't fear the old farm and we should be aiming to take something when we go to these grounds. Um, but I tend to agree with you guys that it's probably the worst time to be facing Rangers when they've signed two new strikers 
and they've not looked amazing so far. They'll probably be looking for a result. Um, I hope it's not against us. I hope it takes them an extra game to kind of get firing on all cylinders and we can sneak a wee, a wee now. I will say a wee now. Now that would be monumental, but mm-hmm. aye, it's it's going to be a massive, massive tough test for the defence. I think one of the worst things that kind of happened for us was uh, Celtic scoring five goals against Hamilton. They they need to show that they are going to match Celtic's level this season. Otherwise, I think Gerard might be bye bye. But um, yeah, I think they're going to go out and try and prove themselves. And unfortunately, it just happens to be against us. We do have the new defence. We have a new goalkeeper. Almick was must know how Rangers like to set up. Um, he's clearly would have trained with them at some point. Uh, maybe that might work in our favour. Who, who knows? I think we need to remember as well that they do have the advantage of the, the what's his face the the new Tory boy. The, oh the yeah, Douglas, Douglas Ross, Ross and uh, Andy Dallas. Four penalty Andy Dallas. Uh, so I forgot about that. Clearly worried, aren't they? They're calling in the big guns to help. <laughs> That's um, yeah. No, I agree with everything that you guys said. I mean, uh, it's tough to judge as always as a game's away to the old firm. I just think. It's always stacked against us, but even more so now with those two strikers. And now that they're out of Europe, and this is a major season for Rangers, and need to focus domestically to stop the ten. I think all guns blazing, starting with Sunday. I think first game at Ibrox, things like that. I think we're going to be right up against it. It's going to be a massive, massive test. Who knows? We might sneak it. I'm going. I hope, I hope so. Month three now. <laughs> I don't want to be total. Misery, but um, I just, I, in all honesty, can't see a victory or a result of any description, to be honest. Cool, and we will leave it at that. And um, thank you for listening. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at Misery Hunters, um, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, whatever, give us a rating, etc., as long as it's good. If anything lower than five stars, then don't bother. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as always fuck Alex Ray fuck Alex Ray and Gus McPherson and Douglas Ross <laughs> and Andy Dallas and Alex Ray <laughs> and everybody else <laughs> <laughs>